And welcome back to Bar Down Breakdown. I'm your host at Yesman Outfitter from HQ2, the new home. You got your boy, the Kombucha Kid, live from the hive <laughs> at Mikey CLT. Michael. Dude, you got to warn me before you throw these new nicknames at me. I love Absolutely it. not. We're off the cuff. Yeah, yeah. dude. It's uh, a whopping 22 degrees in North Carolina. So, oh, street cred. Cry about it. Yeah, street cred. What's the feel? I bet I bet you weren't. Feels like temp, like six degrees pregame yesterday. Yeah. Oh, boy. I hope oh, it's boy. not like this in January, but um, I felt your pain, and hopefully, uh. Oh, that was not. There was no pain. I had no pain. Dude, first of all, hold on. Long sleeve tea, baby. Hold on. What is this mustache I've been seeing? <laughs> like, please tell me that's a thing and that's your new signature look. I wouldn't call it signature. Please. It needs to it's, be. Um, it's, 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 it's a bit of a vibe at the current moment. I was blessed with uh, good old Irish red facial hair. Uh, and so when I grow... Um, Facial hair, it's good, comes in perfectly fine, but it's red, so it looks a little lighter. And so um, when I have a big, nice beard, it looks good. Um, but when I do a mustache, it needs to be a thick-ass mustache or, or it looks terrible. And so I can't have a beard for the fire department. Um, I actually grew one out a little bit while I was taking a hiatus for um, getting all the, the move over to the new place. And I had a thick, thick beard, and it was October 30th, and I had to shave uh, the beard off. And I said, I'm leaving the goddamn mustache because this is maybe the only time that I can do a nice, good mustache November and do it the whole month through. And so I'm keeping it, and it, it's okay. You know, it's good. There are a but lot of like, things going on with it. Y- like You, did, you haven't seven. really mentioned it anywhere, and then like – Pictures started surface surfacing, and I'm like, "What? What is that? Is that a mustache?" And oh. it is a straight up mo. It, it's a big. It's a. It's a feeling. It's. It's. It's become. It's. It's grown a life of its own. Uh, and it. And a lot of. A lot of the stereotypes of the the stash and what comes with it, uh, based on truth. I did drink some milk the other day, and what do you think happened? Mike, five minutes after I drank the milk, something dripped on my lip, and I was like, what the fuck? And it was milk. I had milk. What grown man's is drinking milk? Come on. No, that's when you sip the, because I had cereal, so you got to sip the leftover milk. Okay, okay. Oh, man. And I I appreciate the vegans don't drink milk. I appreciate mustaches. So, like, normally... When I have, like, a big event where, like, all my guy friends are getting together, I always force everyone to shave a mustache onto their face. And we just look ridiculous. And it just it, – it is a feeling, man. Like, everyone instantly knows that they're going to have a good time because we're all rocking ridiculous mustaches. It's true. It's, uh, it's the sign of somebody who knows we're all going to have a good time. So. We're all here for a good time. The mustache is a is a is a facial hair choice of the people. It's uh it's for everybody to enjoy. You know what I mean? Uh that was creepy. Anyways, uh 
we're gonna move on to what we hear what we're here to talk about because we have it has been a while and that's on me um as it's been reported through various sources yes men outfitters has moved to my full-time gig um and is relocated to oyster bay brewing company um and that's what we're doing now uh and because of that uh we've been delayed between episodes so um let's go over how the season has shaken out so far uh it's basically the metropolitan division and then the field yeah and i i was actually uh texting with fozzy um a few nights ago and he was feeling a little down on his sharks and i just had to remind him that like the west is like one or two teams away from them just going on the, a little run and like by a little run i mean like winning three or four games in a row and taking over like the west is up for grabs yeah the first of all look at you western correspondent mike second of all uh the it is insane um and if you look at a team the islanders uh who are on a 13 game point streak haven't lost a game of regulation since october 11th and is not in first place which is wild because there is another um 13 point uh yeah point streak sorry 13 point streak going on right in front of them and that's the Washington Capitals, who have stretched their car out to be about eight lanes wide. So, uh, and then you have the Flyers, who are suddenly four points behind uh, second place, coming out of seemingly nowhere. Elaine Vigneault seems to have gotten the boys moving. And then um, the Rangers are on the run. Carolina had a hot start. They seem to be falling off. That would be the October 11th game, the last Islanders regulation loss. So, the Metro is an absolute stacked powerhouse. The Atlantic, uh, looking weird. Um, Tampa Bay, not as hot as they were last year. It's pretty funny. I was saying to somebody today, uh, Tampa last year wins a million games, is the only team to dominate as hard as they do, and a team that was in last place in the middle of the season um, wins the Cup. This year, Tampa has a slow start, a bit sluggish, and there isn't a single team that's undefeated besides that besides the Tampa Bay Lightning. So they can't catch a break. They just can't be the cool kids. Um, but then other than them in the Atlantic, it's the Boston Bruins who can't hold on to a four-goal four lead. Uh, and that's about their only weakness. The Maple Leafs just aren't dominant yet uh they haven't gotten hitting their stride and then dude yeah so last night was the first time i watched a maple leafs game this season and first of all like that scotty mayfield hit on jt you know it was a clean hit but there was no like bite back or like anything after that hit like who's gonna do it they let him just get like creams man like there like, has to be some response but there's no response who is going to do it on that team that's that team what i mean built? like do it. it's wild if i was a maple Leafs fan i would be like <laughs> hoping that 
their management was calling Ross Johnson and asking for a trade. Like they need someone to need to defend their superstars. Need it, but in the same respect, they just don't have room for it because if not, if if they're if you're on their team and you can't score a goal, you are a liability because they do not play good defense. So they need to score 15 goals because they're going to let in 14. You know what I mean? So they just don't have a spot for that type of player, and it's super evident as to why they just can't get past the Bruins. I mean, it's it's wild um, being in the crowd and seeing it. Um. Yeah, uh, it was the first thing everybody turned around and was like, "Mayfield's gonna got to be careful here." And I mean, then not even uh, didn't even look at him funny. Yeah, crazy. Like, no one even like shot him a look. <laughs> like it, it was wild. It was wild. And I don't even think. And on Mayfield's side, and I'm not. I don't. I'm not even trying to stick up for him. It's just from what I saw, I he he didn't see who he was hitting. I mean, he was just no, 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 going I, after the puck. I, I don't and think playing, that playing had anything to do with the whole atmosphere that was last night. It was just an observation. It could have been, you know, Matthews or anyone on the team. But right. the fact that someone on your team just got creamed like that and then no response, it's like even if you're going to get thrown around, you got to do something. Like Josh Bailey's right. done it. <laughs> like Josh Bailey goes to, to defense for his team. Well, who was it? Boychuk? Um and again, we're just using the Islanders as a an example. <laughs> this is not an Islander podcast. Uh, I just right off the top of my head, I think it was Boychuk that that crushed the uh, what's his name for hitting Andersley again. Uh, I think it was the Wings. Was it the Wings? Yeah, or the yeah, Blue? that that Detroit game a few uh, last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, splattered his fucking eyebrow across the uh, the visor. The, the visor that was nasty. Yeah, yeah so. You know, it, it's it's still early on in the season, and uh, I just love the fact that we got relevant hockey to talk about, and uh, we got a beautiful guest that we talk it with. Yeah, it's true, and a relevant guest at that, because uh, the team that we happen to root for is playing a home-and-home home coming up against the team that he happens to root for. And that's uh, Chris from Anti-Flag, the bassist. He is a big-time Peng- Penguins fan. The band does hail from Pittsburgh, so it makes sense. And um, just stoked. I mean, it's another big guest. Um, they've been around longer than I've been alive. Uh, and I'm sure that'll come up in conversation. Um you know, and and that's just because Mike likes to act like he's fucking forty years older than me, and is some like wise wizard that is <laughs> seen so much more than me. But anyways, uh, so Michael, uh, unless you have more Western hockey to talk about, I think without further ado, you should lead him in. All right, so very honored and excited for you to hear our interview with iconic punk rock bassist Chris Barker of Anti-Flag. Seems every station on the TV is selling something no one can be. If every page was torn from the magazine, would cast still jobs on media machine? Your product's image and pursuit are endless. 
And we're back in the box after a little bit of a uh, break in time here. We've had a lot going on, but we're with our boy, Chris Barker from Anti-Flag. Big Pittsburgh fan. We have the Pangs on our schedule coming up on a home-and-home. Home. Chris, what's up, man? How are you? Very well. I'm actually uh, – I just got home. Um, we're kind of winding down for the end of the year, and um, 2020 is like crazy for Anti-Flag. We have a record that comes out uh, second week of January and touring booked through the end of August already. So I'm really – excited to be home uh to play hockey and to watch hockey for the rest of the year uh we have like a handful of shows in december that i'm kind of dreading doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> just like in bunker download so uh but yeah i mean everything's good it's it's nice to be home we had our first snow and uh, it really feels like um like uh you know winter and hockey is upon us yeah we had uh we had our first flurries the other day which is crazy. Um, so, Mike, can you relate? Actually, today it was in the 20s here in North Carolina. I'm surprised. I'll cry about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we won't get snow probably until February or January, and it'll be pretty National pathetic. Beach. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, so my question to you, not to hijack your shit here, um, but in uh, North Carolina, are you – like how do you feel i mean because obviously hockey got its kind of show and love with the bunch of jerks thing last year is that momentum sustained have you fallen um uh did they did they did they trick you into liking the team down there or are you not with that shit at all oh i am totally against that shit like (laughs) so so I'm still a diehard New York Islander fan, and I was in the building game four when the Islanders got swept. Yeah. And Devin was sitting right next to me, and it was one of the toughest things I've ever been through as a fan of a team. Like, they yeah. were brutal. Like, And I've been in Philly. I've been in like some of the brutal markets, but yeah. they were brutal to us. And then the Islanders opened up uh, their first road game this season actually in Carolina. So we had 200 Islander fans in the same section and the Islanders played like garbage and, (laughs) and they're, and they're doing the sweep, sweep, sweep chant. And it's like, let me chime in here real quick. And this is with all due respect, all due respect to the Carolina Hurricanes fans, but they're the dumbest group of individuals (laughs) that I've ever fucking met my entire life. Yeah. Who chance sweep yeah, yeah, when they themselves got swept? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, there is a – so I'm I'm really glad to go down this road because I – when I knew um, a little – like I did a little bit of prying into your worlds, and I knew that we are, we're going to get into Pittsburgh Islanders very quickly, but knowing – the Carolina thing, how insane were those three rounds or those two rounds of the playoffs right there back-to-back with everything? And uh, I I just – like the Nashville thing, the Carolina thing, even Vegas for a bit, but Vegas is just such a show town that I kind of like give them a pass on it. But all of it seems 
dumb as hell to me. <laughs> and like, I'm a, I, I'm a socialist at heart, man of the people. I want everyone to have their fun, but so little of it seems rooted in actual love of the game and just like, it's all rooted in spectacle. And that to me, I don't fuck with at all. Like, I don't care about how much fun you have. <laughs> I want you to, to bleed and cry and be invested in the game. That's my, that's my thinking. Well, they only show up once football season's over. Like, yeah, it's it's a well-known fact that like football is a big deal in the Carolinas. Like even people go to watch high school football, which I think is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, yeah, they and, like totally bad for our culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like they they show up when it's convenient, like the Hurricanes are in the playoffs. So they started to show up. But yeah, I guarantee when we go back in January, that building will be half full. And I, I don't want to talk about attendance because right now the Islanders aren't like oh, yeah. <laughs> doing so hot either. It, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to. We're not. Well, Devin's, Devin goes well, to the games firsthand, so he sees it way better than just, I do. It's, it's just numbers wise, it's not fair because it's so easy to sit there and say, oh, they're not filling out the, the arena, right? But like, it's the smallest arena by like 2,000 seats. So yeah. they could fill out they could fill out the Nassau Coliseum every single game for the rest of the year. They would be last in attendance. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but but if you watch any of those Brooklyn games, I just don't know how they're not just like, okay, everyone come down. <laughs> oh, I never understood that either at sporting yeah. events. Like when yeah. it's like the middle like the first or the middle of the second and they're just like still checking people's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Jay Z don't care. Come yeah. on down. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You know, yeah. I I don't understand it. it. That's the first thing I'm gonna do when I when I buy an arena is I'm gonna yeah. let everybody move down in the middle of the second. You you joke. Oh, that's uh, Jay Z calling. He's owed money. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the uh, the wheeling nailers are for sale, and I've dreamt about it. <laughs> so. Oh. A little anti-flag money? Yeah, <laughs> that's like like uh, that's the, uh, the as close as I can get are the wheeling nailers to Jay Z's Brooklyn Arena. Yeah, uh, I like the move. I mean, it would be on brand for you guys. Yeah, hey, yeah, and you know, it's like working class town. We can do some type of uh, you know uh, school lunch program with the community. You know, really, really bring it all full circle. Wheeling but, uh, West Virginia. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's the that's the um, third removed uh, uh, baby team of the the Penguins. Gotcha. So, yeah. Gotcha. So is and that the coast, the East, Eastern ECHL? Yes, ECHL. Yeah, budding hockey market. Is oh, jeez. Yeah, I mean. Tens, <laughs> tens of people go. To yeah, see. tens to elevens. Yeah, you just have to be a multi-thousandaire to be an owner. Yeah, you know, and that's <laughs> you know, we're almost there. Give me, yeah. give me, give me ten to fifteen years, and we'll yeah. we'll, we'll make it. Mama, I made it. But uh, yeah, so um, crazy news. Let's get to your team. Enough about our team yeah. and our 
newfound dumbass rivalry with the Canes. Let's get to your team. So as we record this, November 14th, your Lord and Savior said the kid. Yeah. Gone. Done. Six weeks. Sports. Yeah. yeah. So apparently he had the sports hernia this whole time. And yeah. then it just kind of blew out his bottom, I guess, there. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I love Sidney Crosby. Um, I feel like he uh, is a fantastic player. I think it's going to really hurt the team. But I think that um, Evgeny Malkin is my has been my guy since he came in. I love Russian players um, primarily because – I play like a Russian player. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I skate one direction and I shoot every chance I get. So um, I feel a, an affinity to him and he's been really letting me down. And uh, he seems to step up when Sid is out. So I'm hopeful that that happens and kind of reignites this game because he's been in a funk the last season and a half. So um yeah, I mean, uh, as always, it's painful to lose somebody as important as Sidney Crosby is. But, um, yeah, I, I get it. I understand why people don't like him, but I also am happy that he's on our team. Yeah, certainly has been the um, the narrative between those two is when one is out, the other seems to step it up and pick it up. And being that they're such – I mean, well, I think – you know, I don't. I don't think there's any debate or argument that Sydney is the better of the two, but uh, Malkin is the, the absolute, you know, franchise shining star on any other team besides the Pittsburgh Penguins, yeah, or uh, Washington Capitals. So, you know, it's it's crazy to see that happen. It, it has happened a couple times. Um, but yeah, and I I also want to talk about Sydney quick too. I I feel like, and you know, you could tell me if I'm wrong here, but. Um, you said that a lot of people hate him. I, I'm not as of late, and I don't know what it's been these last two years, but I feel like his persona has changed slightly amongst the hockey community. There's a little bit more respect there. Yeah. Um, I, I know I felt like, you know, growing up and when he was new in the league and when I was growing up and he was kind of, you know, becoming this legendary figure. Everyone hated him because he was so good and so yeah. young. Um, and he was a whiner. I mean, it's, it's like, but here's the thing. It's like, ha have anything, have your dog, tell your dog it's great from whenever it's able to understand anything to whenever it's older, it's going to walk around like it's fucking owed something. And so I feel like, like the, he was not really given a fair shot at life, just in the sense that from... 12 years old they were like this guy we're grooming him to be this you know so in that respect i kind of understood that um the the whining and the yelling and the crying about things but um again he was getting the calls and he was like it was working for him yeah now, three cups later i think that he's a much cooler head um uh, but also that you just can't, when you win, it's hard to, you know, deny it, you know, like, like that, it, he, he, he wrote the change in the narrative about him by winning those Stanley Cup. I feel like spitting chiclets also has helped him get a little more street cred. 
I, I'm uh, not sure I, if you listen to Spit and Chicklets, but yeah, I, I, I. So here's my thing, um, and maybe I'm gonna lose some people with this. <laughs> so I love hockey, but I don't really care about sports. I don't really care about um, uh, uh, human spirit and competition and all of those type of things. Like, like I just, I really subscribe to a Bill and Ted be excellent to each other way of life. And I find that some of that type of programming is so boys clubby and like just shitting on things to shit on them that I have a hard time with a lot of it. It kind of goes against a lot of, um, my ethos and, 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 and honestly it's why I quit playing ice hockey whenever I was 16 years old um, just because I was my I don't want to say conscience because I believe that a lot of these people have a conscience and whatever but just my understanding of people outside of the world of hockey was growing and uh, I just didn't enjoy that throw down aspect of it and of, of sports in general. So I literally like just like quit playing and quit watching it. And then I, you know, found punk rock and I started playing in this band. And then it was like maybe 2004 or something like that, where I was like, you know what, I'm going to dip my toe back in and see if I love it. And I, I like, it was like fish out of water, back in water, you know? So, um, so in that sense, I don't really follow a lot of that stuff like Barstool or Spittin' Chicklets. Even though like if the 30-second video comes up on the internet, it'll suck me in from time to time. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm not going to sit here and sell someone else's podcast to you because like that's just pretty stupid on my part. Uh, anyways, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean I think um, – and you know, it's kind of a theme that – Mike and I explore, you know, consistently throughout a lot of these episodes um, is why um, there is such a, a pull and draw between the world of hockey and the um, genre of music that we all listen to. There's kind of yeah. a loose thread that's kind of like put through it. And it's, it's very interesting because um, with hockey, there's, you know, I think we're kind of coming to the conclusion here with hockey. There's kind of there's a code. Um, there's a respect for one another. Mm -hmm. um, there is just a way of doing things. At the end of the day, things are very, like, gentleman-like. And I think you've kind of pointed out here, and it might, you know, I'm not going to tell you what you like and, what, and why you like it, but it may almost kind of subscribe to that belief that maybe there's something like a little bit more than competition, but gamesmanship and sportsmanship and and um, respect that's maybe a little bit more evident in, in, in our sport as compared to other sports. And so there isn't too much of a, um, I don't know. I don't know exactly what you explained, but I understand it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I can see kind of why you would be drawn to that as a fan. Well, I mean, like I've, I've said it numerous times whenever people ask me why I like ice hockey, I, I believe it to be the most egalitarian and punk rock sport, especially in an era that we're living in now where the money that dominates professional sports is insane. And somehow you can have 
the Carolina Hurricanes sweep the New York Islanders. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so in that sense, the parody of ice hockey is, is 100% uh, an attractive part of it to me. Um, I think the, that, um, you know, that being, being said, I, I know that in Canada, where ice hockey is the equivalent to the National Football League, um, people feel differently. Like, I've had people come to our shows and say, like, how can you like this? The jocks in my high school that beat shit out of me for liking music like yours um, are hockey players. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's culturally different. Because yeah. <laughs> here in America, it's kind of the outcast, outsider, fuck-up kids who are playing ice hockey. So it's a little bit different. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that to be, you know, much like anything, people interact with things at certain points in their lives and it and it um, either connects with them or it doesn't. So uh, I do think that uh, you're absolutely right. Like just through music, the amount of people that I've found who love ice hockey or I've gotten back into playing it because they played because when they were kids or any of that shit, like that's a mantra of mine to to spread the game because it's it's awesome and it literally is the coolest game on ice <laughs> yeah 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 hell yeah and uh mike you want to take it from there yeah so uh, in you, you just mentioned how like there's that connection with other you know musicians who also like just totally dig hockey but in pittsburgh alone there's you know, uh, Brent Dieter from the Juliana Theory. He's a huge Penguins fan. Yeah. Um, Andrew from This Wildlife. He's a huge Penguins fan. So even in like your city, there's that connection too. Yeah. And I mean, I think that like, I'm sure we each have our own story about it, but um, a lot of us, and especially the ones that you mentioned, we're all around the same age. You know, Brett's a little bit older than I am. And I, um, uh, I think the, the, the guys in this wildlife are a little bit younger than I am. Um, but like Mario Lemieux came in 1984 and everyone got a hockey stick for Christmas. <laughs> so yeah. it just was like, if you grew up in that period of time, the, this is what we have, you know, where the Steelers obviously dominate the culture of, of, of Pittsburgh. But that's just because their fan base was a lot older and driving the car. Um, so I think that, that um, you know, the, the, the success of the Penguins in the 90s and then followed up by kind of the era that we're in now has really reinvigorated hockey in Pittsburgh. And, um, you know, young people are getting back involved in it. But, like, yeah, for, for like, all through the 90s in Pittsburgh – you would drive around and people were playing street hockey, like inevitably. Um, so yeah, I, I certainly agree that, that this town um, has a great connection with that and it's infiltrated the arts as well. Yeah. And it's, it's cool that um, you, br- you bring up Mario Lemieux because this is a kind of not known secret, but he was my favorite player growing up, even though I was an Islander fan um, yeah so you know his whole like battle with leukemia and whatnot was just like what you actually i'm surprised that there's not a movie about that yet, yet. yeah 
You know, I I would argue that probably the reason there isn't is that he doesn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a, another He's thing. I, amazing. Yeah. I was such a huge Mario Lemieux fan that I actually went to an Islander game and camped out at the Marriott, which is the hotel right across the from the arena where like the the opposing team stays. And as a little kid, I was probably nine or ten years old. I actually came in contact with him at the Marriott, and he wouldn't sign anything for me. Yeah. And after that, I was just, like, totally done with him. Wow. Yeah. So it hurt your feelings. Now, as an adult, do you understand, or was he a dick? Um, now that I, like, I, it's not, like, something that's <laughs> keeping me up at night, but now that I'm thinking <laughs> about it, it's like, yeah, he was kind of a dick. Yeah. Mm. But I get well, it. Like, I'm I get it at the same that. time. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't no. like I was, like, 24 and, like, saying, hey, yeah, sign yeah, this no, for me. Of course. Of course. I was a no, little kid. It, yeah, I wonder I wonder what was going on. But, like, as a guy who um, um, I'm nowhere, not even for one millisecond or iota, comparing myself to Mario Lemieux. But as an asshole who sometimes gets asked for him to sign things <laughs> i know that like if i'm sick or if i'm tired there have been times where i have been less than pleasant and i just i'm gonna say to you i hope that in that moment he was just like you know what i, I, can't, I can't i gotta go to my room because something terrible has happened my, my wife is calling and i need to get home <laughs> so let's hope that it was something really strange like that that occurred and he wasn't a mean guy because I um it's hard for me to it's hard for me to think that Mario wasn't anything but super. Yeah. Um, I love that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean uh, uh, for for me Sergey Fedorov was my favorite player. And it's interesting how that happens when you're a kid. Uh, and and this is the thing that I think, you know, goes back into the type of person who likes hockey. Um, it didn't matter that he played for a different team. I just liked the way he looked, and he had cool skating styles, and like everything about it was interesting. And again, that was kind of the beginning of my love affair with Russian hockey players. But um, Please tell me you've seen the Russian Five. Yeah, oh yeah, I've seen them all. Like Red Army, the Russian Five. Um, uh, what's the? There's like a new NBC Sports thing they just had. Um, I watched it the other day. I was supposed to. I, I was flying to LA to play a show. I had to leave for the airport at 5 a.m. and they played it after the hockey game. I stayed up all night watching it. I don't even know what it's called, but, but yeah, I mean, it's all kind of the same story over and over again. But it's the best. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, Fedorov was so cool. Like, his Nike equipment that he used. Yeah. Like, he was just so cool. So I get it. And, and I mean, and even now that, like, again, I learned a little bit, uh, some new information from this, whatever this NBC Sports um, doc was. But they would do these, like, little animated uh, they would animate the story that the person was telling. It was one of the Red Wings um, scouts at the time who was getting him. And, like, they <laughs> better off waits for the KGB agent that, that stays with the team while they're in a friendly USSR versus 
uh, the Chicago Blackhawks game. The guy falls asleep. He leaves in the middle of the night, meets this dude from the Red Wings. The guy's got a bucket of money and car keys to a Lamborghini or whatever. <laughs> he's like, yo, man, do you want to come? And he's like, I can't. They might murder my family. And I'm just like, holy fuck, dude. Like, think about <laughs> that Jesus part Christ. of your life. Yeah. And then later on, as soon as he comes to the NHL, what does he do? He buys the Lamborghini and he's like, got all the shit. And I'm like, this dude, he literally says that because they're interviewing better off. And he's like, the first thing I did was I went to the mall. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's the best. It's like the most 90s thing ever. You know, yeah. Russian guy in America goes to the mall. With a fistful of money. <laughs> Flush with cash. Yeah. 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 And buys yeah. up all the Abercrombie and Fitch. Yeah, he's just like, these jeans are Levi's. <laughs> these shoes are Adidas. Like <laughs> everything. Yeah. Yeah. All these names, Fedorov and Lemieux and all of them. I to me, where I most remember them is is Doc Emmerich screaming them over the NHL um game franchise of which anti-flag <laughs> was uh featured in i believe two of the soundtracks if I i'm think, not mistaken i think i think a few um i know that we've been on it a couple times ourselves um and then i sang on a billy talent song that was on it too um oh, and geez. actually i sent them music just the other day to pitch for the next one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i have a a really um I don't want to take you off track if you're going to a question, but I have a great anecdote about the first uh, NHL game we were on, uh, which is we we are in the studio and you do this like little trick where the record's done, right? But you bring people in, whether it's like radio people or um, you know video game people or whoever, you bring them to the studio and you, you really downplay it. You're like, hey, we're working on this. This is just a work in progress. We want to we want to kind of get your get your your feeling on it. Maybe you can get your thumbprint on it, but you're lying to them because it's done. Uh, but you but you're lowering their expectations with the dog and pony show. Right. Uh, so we did that with with EA Sports. They come. Um, our manager at the time, she was so gung ho on getting us the Madden game because it is the Madden game and sells yeah, eleven million copies or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't care about that. So, <laughs> right. so literally, you know, we play the songs for for the person from EA. It goes great. They sound terrific. Uh, uh, they love them. They're like, yes, we really want to do this. We want to we want to put you uh, in Madden, and you know, everybody feels great and successful. And then I just raised my hand and was like, but I want to be on the NHL game. <laughs> <laughs> We don't give a fuck about that. Yeah. And yeah. our manager looked at me, and I swear to Christ, like, would have murdered me if nobody <laughs> yeah. else was in the room. And <laughs> that song was on both games, so it all worked out. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, now I, now that you look back on it, and it was on both games, do more kids come up to you and say, hey, I'm a fan of your band because of NHL, or do they say because of Madden? You know what? It's split. Really? It really is. And I think it's because we've had more songs on NHL games moving forward than we only had the one on the Madden game. And so I think that it's interesting that 
the Madden folks referenced the one song, and then the second song that was on the second uh, uh, NHL game, it got featured a lot more. Like it was used in the title bits and all that kind of stuff. So that one, I think, connected more with the NHL crowd. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I uh, I just remember. Because you, you, back in those days, you used to be able to go into the settings and click out of the songs you didn't want to hear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I would just, I literally, I think it was like you and maybe Stone Temple Pilots. Every single time I, like, turned on, I, like, I almost, it's like a Pavlov's dog thing now that, like, I hear <laughs> that song where, like, it goes on and all I, yeah, all I hear is this is okay, the yeah. end, and I'm like just scrolling through like, all right, first one that gets a Canadian team gets the up, gets up twice. Yeah. Like that's, <laughs> like that's initially what goes through my head like right away. So that's so it's uh funny and you kind of answered the question I was going to anyway is how's that process work yeah. getting on there and you know I you know obviously a, a transcendent punk band like you guys probably they're looking you know for you and it's cool too they're starting to work in I mean it's not so much of what those soundtracks used to be where it was it was more rock punk rock kind yeah. of like whatever um but they still kind of keep it around and um with social media our boys over at free throw were just uh featured in um was it the preds or Cal- who was it mikey somebody just featured free throw in in, in one of their big social media videos oh, sick. yeah I've, I've been seeing that more often um like the Florida Panthers have been using that was, that was on glory. Yeah, yeah, they've been using some more like punk and you know, I, I wouldn't call free throw emo. So like punk bands on their promo yeah. stuff. It's yeah. interesting because we're called anti-flag, so we don't get a lot of those opportunities. Um, uh, and we're well aware of that just because of, uh, you know, people don't, especially in the post Colin Kaepernick world um, where people say the words anti-flag like Colin Kaepernick is anti-flag <laughs> and then you're like oh shit did, did you know my mom who has a google alert for her name is like what is Colin Kaepernick doing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so <laughs> it's an interesting uh, world to live in you know right. um, but when we did get the NHL game it does legitimize you in the arena world um, so we've had some people play things and they still do. Um, but like, yeah, I think that, that, that punk rock, it, like I said, it goes hand in hand. So many, um, so many people that I know in bands play the sport or, or watch the game. So we're all vying for the, uh, those 12 songs that they put on the video game, which now don't even matter because you can fucking skip them. You know, like it's, right. like it's not even a thing like it was. So it's more about our own personal pride of we were on it. Um, but uh, but I guarantee you that um, Newfound Glory or Free Throw or whoever don't have a guy in their band like I do um, who Pat literally like will shoot down any sync or video games because he doesn't want people to have any fun (laughs) (laughs) so i'm always just like i have to like die on the cross for it yeah so you're saying if the nhl came to you and was like hey we want you to play like the i'm sure the penguins will get another winter classic game just because i feel like they always play them like if they came to you and were like hey we want you to play 
the like the intermission. Yeah. Would, would, yeah. Would he shoot that it, down? It would be a much harder sell than I promise you anyone who's listening to this would believe. <laughs> I would <laughs> like, I would believe it though. Kind of what cuz I mean you you do with sports you 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 do tread the line of I don't know. I I don't I know what you I listen, I grew up listening to Anti-Flag. So I know, you know, I know what you guys stand for and you're not one of those bands that like just kind of has a brand that they're just trying to follow so that way like you know, like everybody, they're like recognizable. You guys do subscribe to the stuff that you sing about. So like, sports and organized sports are like super duper close to hardcore yeah. capitalism, which is not yeah. really something that you guys are are pro. So it is a bit of an interesting dichotomy. So I could believe what you're saying here. Oh, oh man, gosh, as a as a, and and you guys are smart and you're empathetical people. I can tell just from talking to you. So there are there are moral grays of every aspect of this. I mean, the goddamn arena was called the Console Energy Center, and I had to go in there and give them money, and they're destroying our planet. <laughs> and yeah. So you're just like, what the fuck, you know? Like like there there is there is a lot of hypocrisy involved in uh, subscribing to multi million slash billion dollar industries. So I, I, I understand that completely and it's not lost on me, but um, I also, you know, there's, there's, there's this guy who um, I really uh, uh, admire and respect. His name is Dr. Cornell West. He's a, a, a bit of a political uh, analyticist and um, someone who's definitely on the right side of history. He talked about when he was in Ferguson um, right after the Mike Brown verdict and people were on the edge of um, rioting and revolting because there was a, uh, a, a verdict to not uh, convict the uh, police officer that killed Mike Brown. And everyone was going up to him and saying, stay woke, brother, stay woke, brother. And he says, you can't stay woke all the time. That's called insomnia. Yeah. So, as much as we carry this empathy with us, we try to make great decisions we try to live altruistic lives if there are things like ice hockey that provide us joy we're allowed to indulge in them um but we also just have to be cognizant of what uh our actions and our money do and i think that that's where our power lies as human beings in hyper capitalism 2020 that we're headed into right yeah no i just uh yeah i think you put you just put it a lot more eloquently than i was would be able to. So <laughs> I yeah, and, basically and, said it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, more than anything, like I don't ever want to tell people they can't have fun. <laughs> right. you know, like, like that's right. a, that's a hard, the world is hard. Life is hard. Yeah. Like, let's, let's have some joy, you know? So yeah. in, in that respect, I get it. It's, um, but yeah, I mean, when it comes to like video games and stuff like that, that conversation is always difficult in the anti-flag world. Um, but as with everything from from T-shirt designs to songwriting to thank yous on the booklets of the records, most passionate wins uh, and we believe in each other. So we have this thing where if you really strongly care about something, just convince me why we should do it or not do it. Uh, and uh, that that applies to 
the NHL game and my tactic was lay on the floor and beat my fist until Pat said, yes, you can do it. So, <laughs> so that's the, the secret recipe to being a successful band. I think you just gave out your secret because <laughs> yeah, that well, right I there mean, I, is why yeah, your band I, is still around. I certainly believe it to be true. Every, each one of us has a role and we facilitate that role. And, you know, again, it, it's just like, if you really believe in that lyric and I can't beat it, then you win. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and that's just how we, that's how we operate and how we have operated um, for gosh, 20 some years. Yeah. yeah. Longer than I mean, Devin's been alive. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. You're going to flex on me for being young. That's a, that's an odd, <laughs> odd situation to be in. But yeah, I mean, just, um, from, cause I, I'm, I, I have a wide array of, of musical interests. Um, but just, there is a, a subsect of, of, you know, what anti-flag is built and what that has meant, you know, to me, you know, laying the basis for, um, bands like, um, rise against. Um, yeah. and I, I was just thinking this, uh, the other day, and especially this would apply to you guys. So you've kind of, you know, been speaking on it here, and that's um, when you're that pa- passionate about what you're singing about, because you know, and I know, um, what you guys are saying is like something that you live by. It's got to be so goddamn hard, because every once in a while, like you said, you need you need a you need a blink, you need a vice, yeah. You, yeah. you need something that's that's a bit, you know, outside and. And, you know, exactly like what you said before, if you're woke all, all the time, you're an insomniac. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I, that's uh... I, I think that that and part of that is that, we again, relying on the four people in the band and the people that surround the band, because there are times where one of us walks in and we're just like, guys, we fucking lost. Let's just have fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you have to be like, well, we didn't lose. If you go, you play the show, you meet every show we play we meet somebody who uh is either a turned on to uh the ideas of empathy or turned on to the ideas that we should give a fuck about more than just ourselves and that to me is just a a huge victory in this world we're living in and now you know going going back into the to the ageism that you were so (laughs) yeah what the fuck um but now that we've been around this long, we're meeting people who are coming up to us who say, I saw you at Warp Tour in 2000, and now I ran for local office, and I won. You know, and it's like <laughs> not a lot of people get to uh, – Influence, yeah. Well, not even influence, but also like meet the people that they've had an impact on with their art. So, um, yeah, so in our world, we get that shot of optimism. Um if I worked at a nonprofit at a desk and I just had to look at photos of political prisoners all day and send them letters, I think I would have a much harder time than guy in band when when we finish, people clap. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Dude, that's hugely way. gratifying. Like to hear that is like what that's so awesome. You know what I mean? Like to to have an impact on a life like that. So. I know exactly what you're saying right now. Like yeah. that got me, that got me amped up. Cause I'm somebody that like does art, you know, for a living as well has, you know, their own and you want to, 
you know, as much as it is for you and, and it, it is, you are making it for other people. And so you're getting out of it what you what you're hoping to put into what you you know what i mean what you're putting into it so. yeah and, and on and you know there are there are folks that create art because it's within them and they just need to get it out it's it's a it's a it's a vomiting of expression and whether or not anyone pays any attention to it doesn't really matter and i think on on some level we subscribe to that i think we'd be a band and be trying to do these things regardless of whether or not there was an audience but the fact that there is, we see it just as an opportunity. So it's consistently how do we make the best out of this opportunity? Um, and, you know, sometimes that's put us on a hockey game. Because <laughs> yeah. that's like one, and that's it, truthfully how I win the argument with Pat on to not put it on there is someone's going to be on there. Do you not believe that your song is important? <laughs> yeah. And, exactly. And then it's like, oh shit, our song is important. Fuck that. We're taking that spot. And then we did. So that's how that goes. Yeah. A little yeah. bit of attitude to it. Yeah, absolutely. Spreading the message. Um, so let's get to the the heart of this whole thing, and that's uh Islanders, Penguins, everything that's happened since the end of last year and I'm just going to go back, and I'm, I'm sure it's kind of inconsequential to Penguins fans, um, but I think any Islander fan will agree that last year they floundered from the beginning. There wasn't much hope of what they had done. Um, they had shown glimpses of success. They had a bit of a two- or three-game winning streak going into last year's home-and-home home with the Penguins. And they win game one convincingly. And then game two, they come out and in overtime, uh, Thomas Grice throws the last second poke check on Sid the Kid's breakaway, breaks it up. They bring it to shootout. And uh, that's really the kickoff of where we are now. Yeah. Um, So as an Islander fan playing the Penguins, no matter where – the Penguins are has sort of become the litmus test for us. Where are we? Yeah. Um, and you have stopped our winning streak, which totally <laughs> fucking sucked. Um, but I saw it a mile away. Uh, yeah. You guys they just, got a point in that game. Yeah. You you couldn't you couldn't lose if you're yeah. the Penguins. If you're Sidney Crosby, you know going into it, all you're gonna see are um, highlights from getting swept in the in the playoff series, uh, and and I'm not, and I'm really not, because I'm normally trying to be cheeky here, but I'm not. You know what yeah. I mean? You, you're yeah. just, you can't lose that game. So what a way to come back and end our winning streak. And now we're going into a home and home, and you guys are missing the golden boy. Yeah. How are you feeling? Well, um, so you said it in the first breath that you took. All of it is inconsequential to me. (laughs) (laughs) And and I'll tell you why. Um, What we learned as as modern Pittsburgh Penguin fans, not the guy who watched the 92 Penguins and thought, no, they'll never lose again, you know, um, is that the Sidney Crosby, Malkin, Letang, and Murray – version of the Pittsburgh Penguins 
understand better than anyone how long the season is. Sure and do. I don't, I don't think they fucking care at all. <laughs> um, and so that makes me not care. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so I like the amount of winning that they've done in the last seven years is insane. So we just kind of take it all with a grain of salt and we hope that they get into the playoffs and turn it on. Um, last year, they current, they clearly didn't turn it on. Um, and I think that that's the danger of this is that you want to be playing well. You want to have an identity of what your team is. Um, but right now, the Pittsburgh Penguins right now, I don't, they don't know who they are. And they're in that locker room every day. I like, I like Sam Lafferty because my partner, she's from Altoona, and so is he. <laughs> yeah. You know, but like, who the fuck is Sam Lafferty? You know, like, <laughs> like that's. So I think that, that that's kind of where we're at. Whereas, I think the Islanders are are more permanent in defining what type of team they are, and I think that's why they won that series so handedly, because um, they. They were they wanted it more. They were stronger and they were better. Um, so yeah, I I, I, I don't know. I, I like uh, every I watch every hockey game that I can, um, and I watch every Pittsburgh Penguins game uh, that I can. You know, even from in Japan, I'm I'm up in ungodly hours to do so. Um, but you know, I want them to win every game. I just know that's not going to happen. Yeah. And I and I, I learned whenever, you know, the 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 Penguins won the Stanley Cup in '91, um, and they uh, set off these black and gold balloons. And I came home from school. I wasn't allowed to go to the parade that day because I had to go to school. And I I begged my mom to let me go to the parade. She wouldn't. I came home and there was a golden balloon in my yard. It had gone up to the hockey gods in heaven and touched them and fallen down and chosen me. And I was cosmically tied to the Pittsburgh Penguins from that moment on. Um, I learned that, that can't be true. true. Really? <laughs> that, that, well, that's absolutely true. Yeah, the balloon was in my yard. I thought for sure I was going to play for the Penguins. I was going to win a Stanley Cup. I thought that if I watched every game, they would win. <laughs> Intrinsically, cosmically tied to the Penguins. And I've learned now at 38 years old that I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a coincidence because they let off a lot of fucking balloons. Right. <laughs> right. So, so, yeah, I hope when, and I pray. But when when anyway. when patterns and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Dictated most of your childhood. That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Wild situation. Shout out wind. So uh... <laughs> Yo, big up wind. Big up to the win, to the win. Uh, yeah, well, uh, you have a very, um, you have a good outlook on how to be a fan. You are the fan of which people sh should emulate. Uh, I don't think many people are capable of doing that, especially on Long Island. Uh, yeah, I yell shoot every time they touch the puck. Okay, you are the worst <laughs> type of fan. I take that back. You are easily the worst oh but, my god uh, i'm kidding but, but uh yeah so and I, I have a i i feel like we have a um a connection on this too because uh in pittsburgh we have a distinct dialect uh clearly in long island there's one as well so, yeah 
it's so whenever it's like shoot it get it out oh get jesus christ i'm just my i want to die <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i'm like literally there have been a handful of times in my life where i've just leaned in front and i was like in moments during this game the puck will enter our zone please <laughs> don't be afraid when that happens yeah. they can't get it out immediately <laughs> yeah well, yeah, it's funny too. I was talking to everybody. You know, I have season tickets, and you know, our friend. You know, we have a row of friends that talk to each other, and it's funny because the people behind us just are shoot people like you. But yeah. uh, <laughs> like, it's Don't it's put very. That on me. I was kidding. No, no, no. I'm kidding. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> but uh, the, the the other thing people don't like Barry Trotz basically tells them like if you're in the defensive zone, let them pass the puck around the perimeter for seemingly months at a time. They can have the puck. <laughs> it does not matter because as long as our goalie knows we're not going after them and pressuring them, then he knows where the puck is and they're going to shoot it and miss, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. But there are just people that don't understand it. So the minute like the puck goes over the fucking into the into the zone, everybody is like, lay a fucking body on him. <laughs> fucking knock his yeah. teeth out. What the fuck are you doing? Like back That's and the forth. Long Island version of get it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I know exactly what you're talking about. We're like, bro. It, but it's, it's, it's even worse because they let them pass the puck around. Yeah. And yeah. people are like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah. and you're turning around like that's the game they play. I can't yeah. sit here and listen to your nonsense for the next oh my God. three fucking periods. So, yeah. you know, whatever. It's tough. So, so in that same kind of breath, um, I'm not a tremendous fan of the new arena in Pittsburgh. Um, G Pigs. Yeah, it's 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 cool. It's beautiful. I get it. Um, but it when I walk around it, there are times where I'm like, I could be at a hospital right now. Like <laughs> I I can't feel the cold. I can't like you know like yeah, it's just wrong. Um, so uh, I don't go. I can. Um, and I hate to, I don't want to sound like an asshole, but I know people that work there, so I can go whenever I want. Um, right. And you're also the basis of anti-flag, so you could just do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? I'm kind of like, like, yeah, I'm a ne'er do well. I'm not doing anything. I'm taking right. naps all day. You know? You're, <laughs> you're big swinging dick at the Cracker Factory. You, you <laughs> they have a, the own entrance for you. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. No but, problem. um, uh, I, I only go when it's kind of necessary or a team that I want to see that I haven't seen or players that I want to see that I haven't seen. Um, so, and it's partly because of that. And especially as the team has grown and won and we kind of have like a semi version of what's going on in Toronto where a lot of the new arena seats have been sold to businesses. So it's people that show up for like 20 minutes, kind of yeah. have a meeting and then leave, you know, it's just like, I'm like, this fucking sucks. Like, yeah, they're looking for hors d'oeuvres. Yeah, and and yeah. yeah, they got menus on their seats, and it's just like, fuck this. And, um, you know, meanwhile, like literally I, I pace when I'm on the phone, and I've taken about 30 laps right by my Melon Arena igloo seats that I got when they tore the building down. So, like, <laughs> that thing was in my blood. So yeah. that's, I have a feeling that's going to happen to you guys a bit. When... I, I would, I would fight that. Okay. I mean, I, it's a, I mean, a lot of it's, a lot of it is like wishful thinking, um, <laughs> but, and I would love to have you 
come to a to a uh, a game at the Coliseum because it is, I mean, as pure as you could possibly have it. Um, I've actually shot pucks there. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, I mean nobody was there, but uh, yeah. <laughs> no, even when you are uh, big dick at the Cracker Factory, as you so eloquently put right. it, uh, right. <laughs> sometimes people don't come to watch your uh, pickup games. <laughs> okay, helpful, man. I mean, whatever. You know. So, uh, but it it has that same held together with duct tape and spit, and yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. That's it's it's hard to replicate that. Yeah. I mean, famously, famously, the Coliseum was on sponsored for it the entirety. And it still is the only one to retain its name, even through the sponsorship. It it was just Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. And then when when they redid it and and it's NYCB live at Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Yeah. So it's really just affectionately known as the Coliseum and, and, and not like NYCB live or whatever. So, I mean, it is kind of, you know, what you're talking about and it's small, it's intimate. It's yeah. got fucking popcorn and pretzels and you're right on top of it. You know, yeah. that's the, that's the, that's the, the meat of it. Yeah. I've never yeah. been to an Islanders game there, but, um, I did play. I did skate there once, and I did um, when Warp Tour used to be in the parking Warped, lot. Yeah. Yeah. The the facilities would be in there, and and um, you know, like I I snuck around that building for quite a while, and uh, uh, yeah, it's it's I love it, you know. But obviously, you need a new one. I'm not oh, gonna have need it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna yeah. like be like, no, don't do it just because it's got character. Um, yeah. There are safety and health concerns. You need a new one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this is this is hilarious because this is coming from somebody that visited like once a year. Like this is not somebody that goes to like, you know, thirty to forty games a fucking season. So for yeah, somebody, yeah. <laughs> you know exactly yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, we I had a team that would play, and this is going to be laughable, but we would rent the sheet of Melon Arena ice. For three hundred and fifty dollars, that's how much. That's how little it costs. That's insane. Rent. Yeah, and but the the place they would put you to get dressed was so dank and terrible that I was like, oh my gosh, nobody must see this. And one day we're getting dressed, and like four Penguins players walk by. And I'm like, those guys got to look at this every day. (laughs) They need a new arena because it is not like we, you know, we played nationwide in that same season and it was brand new at the time. And I was like, if they're going there and then coming here, they've got to be like, what the fuck is our team like comparatively? So, uh, yeah, it's a um, you need a new building. That's the moral of that story. Yeah. For sure. And Belmont's going to be cool. Uh, but basically where I was heading with that was um, they are sort of modeling the Belmont after what they have going here, um, you know, at the Coliseum. Granted, they actually have to try and make money. Yeah. So there, I don't think it will be without corporate sponsorships. However, um, it does have uh, a community uh, suburban feel still. So I think yeah. they're holding out i'm holding out hope um, yeah i just hope it keeps its like mid-century charm and you know 
that's one of the cool things about that that place and um yeah but the same thing not to shit on your world but please do it they told us that they were modeling the ppg paints after the nationwide arena and it was going to have the same feel and energy and it does not (laughs) it's not as cool you know it's just like literally there are spots where you'll walk like a a heavy walk like a two-minute turn around a portion of the arena and you can't see the rink you can't hear it you're just in a hallway and it's like what is this you know like the whole purpose of a the arena being a circle like it is is that the game is right there or the ice is right there there's cold there's energy there's vibe um so yeah again i'm hoping that it's just a major flaw in our building and that 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 doesn't happen to you because i want you to love it forever (laughs) thank you very much chris barker (laughs) (laughs) well unfortunately like the newer arenas are you know like what you just described where they don't have that same feeling and yeah well i I don't understand if it's just because you know our society has advanced a lot in 50 years and we want to make sure that folks that have physical disabilities or ailments can can get around you know like so maybe there's like some good in why this is happening um uh so that's the eternal optimist in me hoping that there are reasons why they're making me not want to go watch live hockey in my own town yeah well we will we will see and i'm sure that um John Ledecky will keep true to his promises because he's a great dude. And uh, Chris, I must say, it's been an absolute gem, though, having you on. And I need to check out this hockey bar that you uh, have oh, yeah, linked yeah, up. Yeah, we're, we're working on it, and um, it's it's almost in a place where fruition is among us. So um, we had a, like a, a couple slowdowns with it because um, – all four of us that are involved got really busy all at the same time, but, um, but it's really cool. And I think the idea is really cool. And the people that we've kind of talked to and pitched to have been really interested. So I'm hopeful that early next year, we'll have some clarity on where everything is and be able to roll it out heavily. And are you legit trying to like have these outside of the Pittsburgh market as well? I mean, obviously like, when we've talked to the people that we want to give us money <laughs> to make it, we say that, yeah. But I'm I'm really just focused on getting one that feels right and feels like everybody is welcome and is only exclusively hockey all the time. Um, and so we kind of go go from there and see what our successes and failures are. And you know, right now it's just a clubhouse. And I'm hopeful that it turns into a thing that's much bigger than that. <laughs> right. Well, I have an idea for you. Yeah. Uh, so as of late, and I know, listen, we're not an Islander podcast. We're a hockey podcast. We've talked a lot of Islanders today. Pure coincidence. But more importantly, uh, if you are any sort of famous, which we've already established, Chris yeah, Barker. Cracker plant. Yeah. Cracker. Yeah. Cracker yeah. factory. Yeah. Swinging dick. That whole nine. If you even publicly 
contact the Islanders and you don't even have to say you like the Islanders. If you just say, I don't despise them, they will pay you to show up to a game and shoot T-shirts out of a cannon. Ah. Has happened twice this year with wow. uh, Noah Syndergaard, um, who is a noted uh, Ranger fan, <laughs> has shown up. And uh, they just had Damian Woody, who is an ex-Jet, show up the other day. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Two, two, two absolutely not Islander fans yeah. being paid to be Islander fans for the day. So, right. if you are looking for some seed money, yeah, that's you it. just – yeah. That's right there, and that's. Listen. So it's like it's like selling my blood, <laughs> uh, just shooting some t-shirts out of a cannon. I'm yeah. not sure which pays better right now, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. You don't even have to like you know. You ever see uh, Talladega Nights with Ricky Bobby? Uh huh. Like you just have to say I like Crips. You don't even have to say I like Crips. <laughs> say, I. Like really, really, thin really thin pancakes. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, I mean, equivalent yeah. of what you have to do. Fantastic. Fantastic. There's your seed money for a hockey bar. Uh-huh. I, <laughs> I love all of that. Um, there's a really funny thing that happened to me buying hockey tickets in Toronto. Um, we're a friend of a friend knew a player on the New York Rangers who I don't even know who it was. They wouldn't tell me who it was. Um, but I bought some of their tickets. I guess the players can get tickets to the games for their friends and family. Um, so when I went to the game, I had to say I was a New York Rangers fan to get the, they like literally like asked me, but do you like the Rangers? And I had to be like, Oh yes, of course. I love the Rangers. And I was like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) The guy's trying to give somebody tickets. Like what a dumb, like, Loyalty yeah. pledge. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> like the words bleed out of your mouth. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, all right, man. Um, yeah, Mikey. Uh, did we I do th- it all? I think we did. I think we're going to wrap it up here. Um, and we, uh, it was awesome having you on. Um, and we would love to have you on again and talk. Yeah. And we'll, like you said, you don't you don't wake up for hockey until like a week or two from the playoffs. <laughs> I think that's, that's, that came out of your mouth. So we'll that's call you great. when you're when you're awake. We'll call you when say, you're awake. Let me say, despite your age, you're very skilled. Um, <laughs> you, <laughs> more or less. Tremendous callback. Tremendous callback. Um, I I look forward to. Uh, watching Ev- Evgeny Malkin come out of his shell against the Islanders coming up here. There and- we go. That's the shit talk I wanted. <laughs> Outstanding. We've been having this back and forth volley. That's all I wanted to hear. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, nice good. Well, I appreciate this. I'm I'm available uh, whenever you need to um, uh, whine about how terrible your new arena is as well. So we'll do. We'll do. We'll do. Mikey, wrap it up here, buddy. All right. Thank you so much, Chris. It's been a gem of an episode. And uh, like you said, we'll we'll have you back on. And uh, hopefully we can make it out to an anti-flag show when you come to our respected cities. Yeah. The, uh, I think the plan is um, we should be around there next year in the spring. Um, and I definitely know we're going to Charlotte as well. So. Um, oh, there you go, Mike. Yeah. So. Do either of you play hockey? 
So I used to. Uh, I used to be on Team North Korea with the Envy on the Coast boys. Okay. I don't know <laughs> what that is, but I believe you. Um, well, do, are, are you familiar with Envy on the Coast? Um, they're a band, right? Yeah, so they're yes. a Long Island band. And uh, when they like went on a little hiatus, they wanted to do like a side project that was like totally different than Envy on the Coast. And they came up with like North Korea as their band name. And then that's what we made our men's hockey league team. Oh, sick. Well, yeah. if you want to get back into the game, I have some friends in Charlotte too. So I'll definitely have my gear with me. So um, you're, you're invited. Oh, <laughs> dude, that's awesome. Yeah. And if you guys are on a, if you guys are included on a, on a fantasy app, I'll play you in, on, on fantasy. That's about, okay, good. Yeah. That's where, so, yeah. Um, before we, started rolling rolling um we talked a little bit about fantasy i don't <laughs> do it but i do do um we have like a you pick a team that plays three times in a week and like it's like an elimination thing if they lose yeah, yeah, three yeah. Games. and then also um uh it's like a two-team snake draft um <laughs> and so that's about as good as i get like you can get me once a week to pick a team, <laughs> but I'm not going to pick players. Cause every time I've done that, I've been like, these players will definitely have chemistry. And guess what? They're not really playing together. It's called fantasy. Right. 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 Okay. Right. Bye. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hell of a guest. Hell of a guest. And I'm just super excited to see what happens with this hockey bar. I think it's a cool idea. I think that more cities need to have a specific bar for hockey. Um, I know that we are lucky in the New York Islanders fan base to have Offside Tavern. But right. at you the end of the day, a, a though... Of a, and I'm going to cut you off because you live in a... We're just going to... You live in a bit of a of a fish tank because whether you know it or not on the Island of Manhattan, there are very many ranger bars. I'm pretty sure that. Well, yeah. What's it? The flying puck or whatever. It's a shit ton. Yeah. But only hockey, like hockey is going to be the main theme of that bar. Okay. Moving on. (laughs) 
there there isn't many of those that like there's sports bars that will have like, hockey what, and whatnot but is it like a spirit halloween where it just like shuts down off season like what goes on just would be i guess like nhl network showing loops of older games i guess we're gonna have to get back to the drawing board on this because i was not involved in the blueprint talks anyways <laughs> yes hockey bar does sound extravagant and marvelous uh Chris is a good dude, man. I love, I loved it. Um, yeah, one of those, one of those heavier bands uh, growing up, uh, like we talked about, definitely has a very, very, very interesting outlook on um, being a fan. In my eyes, it's it's funny because it's almost like I love them so much, but also fuck it, really, at the same time. But I could totally relate to him because I feel like that's the kind of fan I am. What? Yes, dude. Like, yeah, I run Isles Meetups, and yes, I have this podcast, and yes, I love the New York Islanders. Period. Done. But I also understand that it's a sport for entertainment, and, like, I'm not going to, like, cry over sports unless, you know, like – tears of happiness when the Islanders eventually win the cup, but like when there's something that goes on like with say JT leaving, like it wouldn't affect me to the point where I'd be in tears or like really have that big of a effect on my day to day life. I'm having trouble. I don't think you're hearing yourself that, or I don't think you understand how a non-sports fan, like I don't think as a sports fan, I don't think you realize how insignificant and inconsequential like sports are to that person's life. Like, I just don't I think that you, that we are s- such big fans of, of a team that I don't think, you know, how nor- like regular people operate because there I ha- know for a fact that it has. It has definitely affected your day to maybe not every day but like there you have emotion about it well and it's positive emotions so like i'm only yeah but that's just having a positive outlook the fact that it had you have any emotion about it at all means that you are somewhat emotionally invested it doesn't matter what you can't just say you're you're only emotionally invested if you're if if you have a negative outlook on something if it affects your emotion at all, you are, you are vested. Touche. <laughs> Boom, roasted. Anyways, no, I get what you're saying. I I, I completely agree with you. I I actually, and I'm not. Uh, when I say interesting, I don't mean um, weird. I mean um, a way that I never looked at it, and exactly how you put it. Uh, <laughs> I just jokingly made fun of you for it, but I'm saying. You know, you make it a positive thing in your life, and not it, and and try to not let it be a negative thing, um, which is such a uh, a commendable way of going about things. Any and it's uh, somebody that understands who he is and and what and the art that he makes, and it's it's super awesome to talk to somebody like that. Yeah, it was it was one of my favorite interviews, and um, I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm like anti-flags number one fan but 
when you grow up in this music scene, you respect the shit out of that band. And it was just uh, one of my highlights of doing this podcast, having an hour-long conversation with an iconic musician that loves the same sport as us. It's true. And and just to um, something, I guess, um, I don't even know if I'm going to use this word correct, but ancillary to um, the conversation that we're having, anti-flag to me it was one of those i mean there was there was a, a good 5 or 6 years growing up where if you would ask me what my favorite band is it was an impossible answer um there was just a group of of sounds and musicians and bands and and things where it it was like okay you're not all exactly the same but if i put you in a box people would understand why and anti-flag was in there they played at warp tour you know i listened to some of their music i listened to probably like now thinking about it more i listened to a lot of it um especially and um whether he realizes that or not that was a big move being on the we've said it a million times being on the nhl soundtrack because uh you know that that song was on repeat like I said, in my head every day after school. And, and it's a reason why I, I, you know, fell in love with a group of music and they were part of that group. Um, and yeah, yeah, that was awesome. It's, it's just so interesting how people discover music. I, I just love music, I guess, where we all find our different ways of, of finding that band that, you know, changes our lives. And, you know, I'm sure that there are people who were playing that game as, you know, young kids maybe getting bullied in high school or whatnot, and, like, that was their escape, and Anti-Flag has, like, changed their life through, like, a, a connection in a video game. And it's true. I just, I, I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Yeah, selfishly, there's no better feeling than when somebody, like, one of your friends texts you after you hang out, like, for a night, maybe, like, you're running the playlist or you're at a tailgate or something, and somebody texts you, like, yo, what was the name of that song that you were playing? And that's, like, the best feeling in the world, because you're like, boom, this person relates to, like, the feeling that I was putting out there, that I was like, you know, this is a song that I listen to all the time, and somebody else relates to it, and that means that I can understand what... You know, and then we have this kind of connection now. So that's like it's a great feeling to have helping somebody discover the music that we listen to and, you know, vice versa. And uh, yeah, uh, NHL is definitely a vehicle for a lot of a lot of that. Uh, so and um, and that first NHL soundtrack that he was on was also the same year that Gatsby's American Dream was on the NHL soundtrack. Look at so, you. Two, Look at you. Two of our former guests on the same NHL soundtrack. And I mean, then we are just racking up the numbers here. Go on. And then mm-hmm. NHL 13, Anti-Flag mm-hmm. makes a return. Mm-hmm. And they are on the same soundtrack as the Gaslight Anthem. Oh. We got to get them on. Yep. Got to get them on. So they retired. They got rid of that of, of the goal song. How could they? Oh, you, we have the official results because I know that we talked about it with Peter from Keep Flying, and I never 
look to see who won. So yeah, uh, I think they. I don't think they brought back Hal. Wow. Hold on. Uh, new Jersey Devils goal song. I think we were just talking about this the other day. Nope. There it is. Uh, Devils goal song fan vote. Maybe another new Devils. Uh, no results, but somebody else said that I don't think they're using it anymore. So, I, I, I think when we had the conversation with Peter, it was down to the finalists, and it was Gaslight Anthem and Naughty by Nature. So, Yeah, but Taylor Hall gave it like a I, – I think, and, and I'm going to be honest with you, I think right now the goal song is not really the uh, – Not, not really anything to do with Hall, the fan vote? Yeah, no, I don't think uh, I. I think the goal song is the last thing that Taylor Hall is uh, really thinking about over there in New Jersey, unless you could spin it that it's not being played enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I can't see. Oh, we'll have to. I'll have to talk to one of my insiders. But uh, somebody at the tailgate said that they uh, they got rid of Hal as the goal song, which is one of my favorites. Um, yeah. So, um, I love when uh, NHL teams have a goal song that connects to the city where the team plays so like i hate to give credit to them but like that pd pablo goal song in north carolina for the hurricanes is ah, it's fire it's so good it's fire i know it's like gotta be one of the best it's fire it kind of annoys me um oh since we're on the goal song kick i mean did anybody have more of a glow up than uh, uh, Chelsea Dagger? Who the heck is that? Is that the girl that sang the anthem last night? Oh my god! I say Chelsea Dagger. You don't immediately think the Chicago Black Blackhawks cold song? No. You stink on ice. You are the worst. You've never been like, oh, that's a fucking smash hit. Let me play it when no one's around so people don't realize that I'm I like the Hawks Black Hole song. I'm the only one. The Black Hole Cole song. Black I think Hulk, it should Cole be a song. Fallout Boy song. Of course you do, you loser. I think every NHL arena needs to do that. You think every NHL arena needs to have Fallout Boy? For no, 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 song? no. Like, <laughs> needs to have <laughs> a artist who is from that city. I think they try. I mean, you I have uh, <laughs> the Ducks have Bro Him. Okay. Oh, that one. Yeah. Um, the one. Hey, funny. We get uh, the Islanders' goal song it was written by somebody from Carl Place. Was it? Yeah, sure was. And then the Minnesota Wild also have that. So I don't think they're from Minnesota. So. All right. Well, Minnesota I feel like should Minnesota... have Motion City soundtrack. End of story. Call it comeback. Tell me that wouldn't be a fire, fire goal song. All right. This is what we're going to do. <clears throat> you and I are going to go down the list of 32 NHL teams. And we're going to choose the goal song. For each team, and it has to be, it has to be an artist or a band from that area, 
and then you have to choose the best goal song. It might not be the best song, but the best goal song. We'll do that. How about that? I like it. I think we and we'll, uh, and we'll, and we'll do it. We'll one drop city it at a episode. time. That's a good point. That's a good point. Give one them a few options. Do like a poll, a Twitter poll. Do our own fan. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of work. <laughs> so much work. I don't get paid to do this. Yeah, fucking. Yeah, do you mind? All right. Well, that's a good idea. So we'll work out the details on that. Maybe we'll drop our choices next episode, and then we'll uh, see what other people say. So other than that, I got uh, Gates to Tail, and you got Ups to Meet, my friend. Yes, sir. Have fun in Philly. Um, when this episode airs, you will have went and conquered Philly and made your way back. So, like, those of you who are listening on Monday morning, that's what you'll be thinking about is Devin's silly mustache in Philly in the stands there and probably getting ridiculed. But uh, make sure you oh, wipe man. the stash from your Philly cheesesteak. Don't want a, a cheesesteak mustache. No, I'm going to lick the stash. <laughs> and uh, I'm having a meetup that night. Uh, the bar down here loaded up with some barn rockers. Frankie Tickle hooked it up. Our oh, Franklin, yeah, our beer beer mule, and then uh, we loaded up on some pink Whitney, so we're ready to have a, just a a good old hockey uh, hockey night in Carolina. Outstanding, outstanding. All right, man. Well, we'll we'll hook up later. All right, I'll man. Talk to you. Peace be with you.